Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. This morning I want to share a few things about what God is sharing to me. And, you know, as a Christian, we should be hearing from God. And it's um, like Job, it talks about in Job, it says God is always speaking, but man is not always perceiving. And like, there's two reasons why we don't hear God's voice. Number one is we don't have God, but number two, we're not making time for God. And um, I, I remember sharing last time I spoke about how we need to detox our life. And there's a lot of stuff that we fill our life up with that just just blobs us out. And often we don't actually have enough space or capacity in our life to um, hear from God. And we don't actually hear from God because we're not making it time for God. And like, um, we've just come off some awesome fasting and um, prayer, which is good. And I remember last time we talked about our love for food and um, back in Daniel's times and stuff, that's how they indulged themselves. They indulged themselves to food. And we talked about palace and the second rain of the wet cheese floating over the chips. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but, you know, today it's not just food that we indulge ourselves in. We in the friendships, the, the social media, the, um, the movies, the TV, the music we listen to. We've actually got a lot of, lot of stuff in our life that we can soak ourselves up in the flesh and think about this like spend three hours on social media instagram or linkedin if you're into that kind of thing or um you know we're still on snapchat or you know facebook we go we go with the things or we know we're glued to our device three hours of that and finish it three hours and then try and get into the presence of god it's it's quite difficult it's quite hard but that's the, they reckon the average person in 2021 spends three hours a day on social media and um it's pretty pretty full on and uh we need to detox ourselves out. And I was thinking last night, it's like, after I've, I've made space in my life for God. I've um, been making space in my life so I can hear, hear the voice of God. And man, I love like NBA highlights. I'm looking at all that time. But I've, I've been clearing stuff out and making space in myself, in my life for God. And I'm hearing God and I'm focusing in, in on Him. And I thought, man, I'm just in love with Jesus Christ. Like, I'm just in love with Him. I'm in love with the Word of God. I'm in love with prayer. Like, like, I'm going to talk about prayer this morning a little bit, but there's, like, once you clear out and make space, you, you get to know Jesus Christ, and we know Him, and was, which is so, so good. But um, I think God has really wanted to prayer His church and put us into a position to rearrange His church because the times are changing, and we are shifting into a new time, into a new season, into a new focus here on this earth, and the church has got to be prepared, and we've got to be, our hearts open, our hearts awakened, to the things of God. I remember saying, um, it's given an opportunity this year, a few years ago in 2019, this is in Christchurch, and I, I talked about, I believe that great persecution is going to break out on the church, but the church is going to thrive on it. And um, I felt like, when I said it, I was like, well, this is kind of, life's all pretty good. But what we're beginning to see over these last couple of years is the world is becoming more and more godless, and it's, um, and, we're beginning to see that um, the Christian life, like it used to be a noble thing to be a Christian. And um, as the world departs from this, from the word of God, we're, got, we're gonna have to stand stronger than we've ever stood before. We're gonna have to know God more than we've ever had to know God before. And like, 
we can't put our trust in money, resources, and oh, I'll just build my plant, total patch up the back and I'll live off the land if everything goes to... And no, no, no. The most important thing we can do to secure our future, to secure our eternity, is to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the most important thing that we need in this life, is that we know God. That we don't just have... Uh, faith that our parents had, but we know God intimately in our own way, that Jesus Christ is living and alive and real inside of us, is that we know God and that we walk with Him each day, which, which is really good. And so if we don't have that, how can we stand? If the most important thing in our life is our relationship with Jesus, shouldn't we nurture that relationship? Shouldn't we build it? Shouldn't we prioritize that relationship? So God is calling the heart of His church back us, which is good. But this morning, I really want to, um, God's been speaking to me through the life of Joseph, um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, had 12, 12 sons, Joseph was the young one, and um, Dad's actually been sharing a bit from the life of Joseph over the, um, over the new year and stuff, and I've been really, um, really encouraged by it, and God's been speaking to me through a lot of stuff throughout, and we, um, like you know the story in Genesis 37, it starts, and Joseph was Jacob's favorite son. He bought him this really nice robe, and his brothers kind of got jealous. And I can, like, they shouldn't have got jealous. Like, Zach was talking about this morning, how we compare ourselves to this person, that person. No, look, we, we've been blessed how we've been blessed. And, um, but, you know, I can understand, like, Zach got a really cool jacket from Dad. I'll be like, oh, man, where's my jacket, Dad? Come on, man. No, but bless Zach, it's cool. But Joseph got a really nice robe from his father, and, um, God gives Joseph a dream that his brothers would bow down to him. And uh, this is the dream that, was God, that God placed inside of Joseph's spirit, Joseph's heart. And Joseph goes off and skites to his, not, not skites, he goes and tells his brothers what had gone on. And then uh, they like, it says, it says, I think in 37, um, verse 4, it says, But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. One night Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. And, and uh, they, it says they hated him even more. What does God do? God gives them another dream. It's like, that's pretty cool. And, um, and his brothers hated him even more. And so you know the story, they go through, they sell him for 20 pieces of silver and they took him off to Egypt. He worked as a slave in Potiphar's house. He had excellence which propelled him to the top of his house. He wasn't just a slave that just like getting dragged along by the chain. No, 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 he gave his heart and soul into that work that he did and the Lord blessed him and favored him even in his affliction. Even then when he was oppressed, when he was having the worst happen to him, he worked his guts out and he the blessing of God was on him. It's pretty incredible. Uh, he was accused of compromise with Potiphar's wife and then taken into prison. In prison, he interpreted dreams for a couple guys. One of the guys was released. They forgot about him for two years. And then after 13 years from being pit in pits and prisons, he was finally freed and made prime minister of Egypt. He interpreted the dream of Pharaoh and he um, saved the nation with the wisdom that God Gave him. It's pretty incredible. And this is the thing is God was with Joseph all throughout his journey. And Joseph dreamed the dream. No matter what happened to him, he held on to the dream and he dreamed the dream that God had placed inside of him. And sometimes in life we go through situations, we go through stuff and think, man, I am so far away from the dream that God has placed inside of my heart. 
I'm so, this doesn't make sense. I'm supposed, you've called me into this, but I'm so far, far, far away. But we need to trust in God and have faith in the dream. And uh, whenever he faced difficulty, he held on to the dream. The dream was bigger and the dream was greater than he'd ever even imagined. And I feel God is calling a lot of us to dream the dream. And like, we're not just put on this earth to just exist. And because that's what a lot of us do. We exist, we go around in life and, um, you know, we get, we get high off the nice food and the nice, um, the joys of life and we go back. But what is the dream that God has placed inside of your heart? Why are we here on earth? God has put a dream inside of us. And I'll encourage us, whether we're young or whether we're old, dream the dream. Dream the dream. I love, um, it talks about Joshua and Caleb. He was, um, I think God called him at 80 years old that he would inherit the promised land. And 40 years he spent until he inherited that land. I believe it was at 120 years old. That's incredible. Um, and, but if we turn in our Bibles, how many got our Bibles here this morning? That's good. Raise them high in the sky. Um, Psalms, chapter 105. This is talking about Joseph. Talking about Israel and Joseph. Psalms, chapter 105, verses 12. It says, He said this when they were few in number, talking about the Israelites, a tiny group of strangers in Canaan. They wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. Yet he, God, did not... Let anyone oppress them. He warned kings on their behalf. Do not touch my chosen people and do not hurt my prophets. Verse 16. He called a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Let's talk about Joseph. Verse 18. They bruised his feet with fetters and they placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams. The Lord tested Joseph's character. Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free, and the ruler of a nation opened his prison door. Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. He became ruler over all the king's possessions. He could instruct the king's aides as he pleased, and he teached the king's advisors. I mean, that's incredible. And like often we think, oh yeah, they just chucked him in a pit, just a hole in the ground, and then they took him away. No, they bound his neck with an iron collar. That's full on. And... Uh, so I want to pull out some of the stuff that they did from Joseph's life. And number one is this, is that Joseph didn't forget God. And throughout his whole time, he never forgot Jesus Christ. And uh, this was the God of his ancestors, his family, Jesus Christ. Um, his family and his brothers had left God and sold him as a slave. And think about this. They, Judas portrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, and his brothers portrayed Joseph for 20 pieces of silver for 20 pieces of silver. And like, he, think about that. His own brothers and um, guys betraying, betraying him, sending him away in an iron collar. This is pretty full on. But he spoke with God. He interpreted dreams. He, he knew God throughout his whole, his whole time when he was working in those places. Genesis 39 verse 21 says this. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and he showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. And the Bible doesn't actually talk about um, Joseph coming to God, but it's very clear that Joseph knew God, that he knew God, that he walked with God, that he had a real relationship with God. No matter where he went through, through the prisons and the pits, he knew God, he heard God, and he walked with him. And no matter where we go in life, no matter what pits or prisons we go through, we hold on to that relationship with God, hold on, and uh, pursue that relationship with God, which is um, 
which is so key. And the thing is, in these days today, um, like just because we're in Egypt, like around us can be so much ungodliness, around us can be so much stuff that's opposite to the word of God. But what we've got to understand is that there's only two kingdoms. It's like often we can think, oh, there's a kingdom of God, there's like Satan and his crew, and then there's kind of like half people in between. It's like, no, no, no. There's a kingdom of light and there's a kingdom of darkness. And we're either 100% into the kingdom of God or we're not. And each one of us has to make the decision where we come 100% over into the kingdom of God and our whole life, our whole purpose, our whole destiny, our whole desires, our whole focus is is living for the purposes of Jesus Christ. And if we don't do that, it talks about the love of most growing cold. But wherever we're at in the walk of life, we need to cross over. And it's not too late. Like, we need to cross over, which is really, really key. And I've been thinking about this, um, the differences between us and the world. And we've got to come 100% into the kingdom of God. Um, though we may be living in an Egypt, we are not of Egypt. And, like, think about this. These are... These are our differences from the views of the world and the views of God. We view our finances differently. We view our family differently. We view working differently, our relationships differently. Our view on death is different. Our view on inheritance is different. Our view on marriage is different. Our view on sex is different. Our view on children is different. Our view on grandchildren is different. Our view on our thought life is different. Our view life on eternity is different. Our words and our speech is different. Our view on our friendships is different. Gossiping is different. Our view on music is different. Um, I was thinking about this this morning. I wrote down, music was created by God for the purpose of worshiping Him. God created Lucifer with instruments to worship God. Music was created by God for worship and to Him. That's the, that's the essential purpose of music. Our view on spiritual family is different. And um, for us as Christians, don't afraid to be different from the world. And I'll say this, we have to be different from the world because the love of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ is in us and we're either in the kingdom of God or we're not in the kingdom of God. And if we're in the kingdom of God, Jesus changes us from the outside. He changes our mind. He changes our thinking. And we live a life according to the word of God. And God is wanting to shape and God wants the world out of the church. He wants to clean us up. Like there's areas in my life, areas of the world that need to come out of me for me to be the person and the, um, the man of God that God has created me to be and for me to fulfill the dreams that God has given us. And for every single one of us, we need to pull out the world. We need to pull out the world of our life and we get the world in because we're feeding it with all sorts of stuff and we don't read our word much, we don't pray much, we're not making time for God, but God is calling and shaping his church into an intimate relationship. I'm with him. So don't be afraid to be different. We must be different because God has created us different. Yes, so Joseph didn't forget about God. Point number two is Joseph did not compromise. Genesis chapter 39, verse 6 says, So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except of what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look lustfully at him. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held nothing back from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. And think about this. Joseph was betrayed by his family, um, abandoned, separated out, and 
in his heart, he could be thinking, I have every excuse to compromise and do what I want to do. I have every excuse to do what's wrong because I've been mistreated. But no, 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 no. He, he honoured God and he honoured his master. He honoured the thing and he did not at once, um, he did not compromise. Verse 10 39 verse 10, it says, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand, and he ran from his house. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to run from sin. We've got to run from compromise. We've got to run away from these from the attacks of sin. And sometimes if sin is pressing up against us day after day, day after day, we need to run. We need to run from that sin. And think about this. Not once did Joseph ever get bitter. Not once did he ever blame God. Not once did he accuse his brothers or anyone. When he was a slave, he worked to the best of his ability. He had integrity. In the prison, he managed well. He was trusted and the favor of God was upon him. And that's incredible. Despite everything in his life going horribly wrong and against him, he not once held unforgiveness against anybody. And, you know, sometimes unforgiveness is a very, very real thing. And we, almost the assignment on Joseph's life was unforgiveness, the whole bitterness. And not once did he hold, hold unforgiveness to others. And, I mean, the truth is we get hurt. We, we get hurt by others. We hurt by the peace, people closest to us. But I'll tell you what, we cannot, as Christians, this is the nature of being a Christian, is God has forgiven us so that we forgive others. And this is the incredible thing, is that um, we have the ability to forgive. Right? Think about that. No matter how badly treated we've been, no matter how um, abused, no matter how forgotten, no matter how abandoned, no matter how poorly treated we've been in our life, no matter how anybody hurts us, we still have the power to forgive. I mean, that's incredible. And just as Christ has forgiven us, he has given us that power to go out and forgive others. And um, yeah, that, that, that's really good. And so um, it's often the little things, the little areas of unforgiveness in our life that stop us from standing in the destiny and from us realizing the dream. And But if we are strong and faithful in the little things, like Joseph, the little areas, he worked well, he worked hard, um, God will bring, God, um, God will reward us um, because of our faithfulness and um, I've got these notes on little things often the big problems in our life are not the results of bad, big bad decisions but sometimes the big problems in our life are the results of lots of little bad decisions usually these problems aren't fixed by one big good decision but they're actually fixed by lots of little small decisions like one palace burger it's not going to make us overweight overnight but if you eat day after day after day after day, we're going to have a big problem, right? Or whatever. But it's like eating healthy one day is not going to fix that problem. It's day after day after day after day. I was, funny, I was telling the guys on Friday, we did our fasting a few weeks ago, so I just had no energy to go in the gym. And so I went back to the gym this week and get in there in the pump house and the big grind time and everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. And then uh, and it's like, you don't, I'm not like that, don't worry. Um, so, but, you know, going in the gym, it's like the reward is after you go. We come up with every single excuse not to go. It's like, oh, I've got to do household duties. I've got to do that. 
won't go today. And then you go um, and go home and it's like, oh, don't worry, I don't need to do the household duties either. Yeah. And so it's like we make every kind of excuse or whatnot, but um, it's those little, little decisions to go, those little, little decisions to, um, to make the choice, to make a good decision. That's what fixes the bad problems in our life. Like I'm, I'm using health and fitness because it's quite easy for all of us to understand, but this applies to every area in our life. Like finances, think about that. Like if sometimes you buy stuff that we know we shouldn't buy because to give ourselves an emotional high and we um, spend here, we do that once. It might not make us debt or broke overnight, but if we do that day after day after day, if we're just buying little things to make ourselves feel better, you look and you think like, where did my money go? And the, the Bible actually talks a lot about money and it talks a lot about finances and it says um, we need to be faithful in earthly riches so that we can be trusted with heavenly riches. And like as a Christian, I believe it's important that we manage and we steward the resources that God has given us well. And um, often, this is a scary one, with finances, we, we do them blindly. Like we see stuff come into the account and then we just go spend, spend, spend. And then we look at the account, where did everything go? I don't know, we'll just wait for the next pay packet. And it's like, but no, we need to have diligence, like set a budget. It doesn't have to be complicated, but have diligence and stewardship over our finances and it's the, it's the same principle it's like if we get we spend a little bit here there here there and everywhere and then we look now we've got a big huge huge problem it's like we're like we can get ourselves into debt really quickly the scary thing with finances is that we can actually make a big decision big bad decision really really fast um you just go out to the the pokies you know what i mean but yeah it's those little good decisions that we make in the future going ahead that actually fix, fixes the big problems in our life. And I've been thinking about this, is that everything in life has a price and a reward attached to it. And I think the better things in life is where you pay the price first and then you get the reward afterwards. It's like a chocolate bar, you get the reward first, um, the emotional high eating chocolate, but the price is 42 minutes of, of walking or 22 minutes of running to burn that chocolate bar off. That's the price that you have to pay afterwards. Um, think about that um, but you know like all this stuff is the same like if we're wanting emotional high from food from spending money from looking at pornography from all these sorts of things it's, um, it's, it's all in the same stuff but we need to be disciplined we need to bring discipline in and around our life discipline isn't always the, the friendliest thing but like discipline comes from the word discipleship and it's like learning and teaching, bringing discipline around our life will help us, uh, help us be who God has called us to be. And like, say, reading our word, it's the, lit- it's the little making a decision every single day to read our word day after day after day. Like we could read for five hours a day and then not read for the rest of the year. That will help us great today, but what, what's tomorrow going to be like? And so we need to read the word day after day. We need to pray day after day. We need to build the little disciplines in our life because God is wanting to prepare us for great things ahead. Which called the little areas. The other area I thought about this is um, is pride. And as Christians, we've really got to stop dividing. Is that like when Christ calls us, we are called into one big supernatural family. It doesn't matter what our background is. It doesn't matter where we're from. It doesn't matter whatever. Um, it doesn't even matter, like, if we're in a Jesus Christ-loving church, then that's awesome. And, like, God is removing divisions that have been in the body of Christ where, you know, churches don't talk to each other. That's wrong. 
And God is bringing his body, his church together for a time such as this. I love this. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 11, it says this, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual morality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Verse 11, this is good. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. And that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing is that it doesn't matter where we're from, but it's that we are going together as the body of Christ, is that we love Jesus Christ and he lives inside of us, um, which is key. And often, but pride, pride is a thing. And often we try and distinguish ourselves as a form of, that, that's what pride is, where we try and distinguish ourselves from others. And in doing so, we actually separate ourselves off from others. Like um, even in our, um, Mary was talking about this, even in our language, like we say, oh, um, Zach, I'm proud of you, or Dad, I'm proud of you. And but that's, the pride is pride. And it's like, and instead of saying, oh, well done, you did an awesome job, we, we puff ourselves like, I'm proud of you. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm proud of you. Like we're puffing ourselves up, but changing the little things in our language can actually, um, can actually have a really powerful, powerful impact on our life, which is key. So yeah, point number two is this, is that, um, Joseph did not allow the compromise into his life. He did not excuse his circumstance to allow compromise. And the third thing, this um, third thing is God. Um, the wisdom that God was God, uh, God's wisdom given to Joseph was to prepare, and it saved the nation. And I, I believe God is speaking prophetically to us: is that we are to prepare. We're to prepare in the Word. Prayer and prayer were to prepare financially. Like he's prepared, he stored up storehouses, and through the times and the tribulations and the stuff that happened ahead, um, they were able to withstand, and they were a blessing not to just their nation, but to the nations of the world. And God is, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity now to prepare. We need to raise our kids in the Word of God. We need to. Um, bring the word of God inside our families. We need to just not spend everything that comes in, but build a storehouse. Like it talks about in Malachi, it says, bring the tithes and the offerings um, into my storehouse and so that um, there'll be food in my house and try me in this, I'll pour out a blessing upon you. And if we want God to bless our own personal storehouse, we need to have a personal storehouse, have a savings account, have something that we are saving towards that God can bless. Um, but we need to prepare. We need to prepare. Um, we, need to be, we need to understand the Word of God. We need to prepare relationally. We need to prepare, um, prepare for revival. We need to um, prepare. Like, I don't want to sound doom and gloom, but like, prepare for persecution. Like, how strong is our faith? going to, um, how strong is our faith if we get confronted with stuff? I mean, I was talking to someone the other day and they're talking about how they, they, they get kind of made fun of in a way, in a joking way at work about being um, 
the minister guy or the, the holy guy, and they're always taking digs. And we're talking like it's not that much of a big deal, but it's like, um, like there's, there's stuff against, because people hate God, people hate God's kids. And um, it's, it's not nice, but we've got to, like it talks, says in Timothy, if you want to live a godly life, you will be persecuted. And I, th- like, I love it, Peter, I think it was Peter and John, they were persecuted and then they come out and they were rejoicing and saying, man, we were counted worthy to receive persecution for Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that is a credible, credible thing, is that we are, we are on his side, and because they hate God, they hate us. That's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Um, so yeah, prepare for that. We need to prepare, I like, like, we need to prepare for war in the spirit, and like, we've got to understand is that, like, Satan is going to, like, the things of the spirit are spiritually discerned, and when we've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we can recognize things that are taking place. We can recognize the shifting and the moving that are taking place, and the enemy is rousing up the nations, is rousing up the nations against God, and we're not fighting people, we're not fighting um, whatever, we are fighting the demonic realm, and you'll know, like, the spiritual realm is so living and real and affects our life each day but often we don't perceive it. Like people going, you know, there's people that go crazy at work and they go, oh, oh, oh. that's demons. It's like people going, um, turn up the big hoo-ha and you think like, man, chill out, bro, chill out. And it's like, but often the enemy gets in and caught around people's personalities, around people's emotions and operates through that. But the enemy is doing his best because he knows his time is short. And as a church, as God's people, we need to pick up our weapons and we need to fight in the spirit. We need to fight in prayer. We need to claim the word of God over our families. We need to claim the word of God in our workplaces. We need to speak the word of God. Like there's been times where I've um, been in situations where people are um, all up in that and I'm like tapering down their personality in the spirit praying the peace of God over them, binding their demons of control, binding the, the anger, binding the things that, the demonic that's operating through their life, and um, I'm seeing personality change in them. It's incredible, but we need to pick up, we need to be grounded in the Word of God, we need to be grounded in the Spirit, and we need to begin to start and pray. Pray for our nation, pray for our government, pray for our leaders, pray for protection of our land, pray that, uh, that we would be able to stand that we would be bold, that we would not fall away from God because, um, yeah, like, I don't want to sound doom and gloom, but like, we need to be strong. We need to be strong in the things of God. We need to be strong in the things of the Spirit, which is good. This is our last point. Um, is this, is Joseph, he never gave up on the dream. He never gave up on the dream. And no matter what we're going through, never ever give up on the dream that God has placed on the inside of you. Genesis chapter 41 Verses 52, when Joseph came to naming his sons, he, uh, he said this, Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my grief. Another version says, God has blessed me in the land of my affliction. And, and what is key is that each one of us is that we trust 100% and completely in God, is that we walk each life and we walk our day with God. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.otonga.com. Until next time.